Oh, hello. Me so horny. <laughs> yo, yo, what is good, my people? It's your boy, Big Drizzlax. Welcome to the Drizzlax Hip Hop Show, man. Yo, we're going to talk about a little bit of this, that, this cat, Drizzlax, sit back, sat back with a six pack while I kick rap shit, you know? And uh, I know that didn't really make sense. And who the fuck talks like that? But y'all, man, I hope everyone's doing well out there and shit. I know winter's kicking in here in Australia. I don't know about where you're at overseas and shit, how the weather's doing over there, but here it's getting cold and it's always hard this time of year. I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's like, shit, I fucking, it's hard to get motivated some days. You look out the window and it's grey and it's gloomy and it's whack as fuck, you know, whack shit, tactics, spastics, eradicated backflips. And um, you just don't want to do anything. It's, it's just hard, man. You just don't want to get out of bed. You don't get off the couch. It's hard to have a shower. You're like, yo, man, I, I need to shave my head today. I need to have a shave. But the bathroom's cold, man. You know, and shit is whack, son. So we're pretty lucky in Australia, I guess. I can't complain. We're pretty lucky in Melbourne. It doesn't snow and I watch some dudes in Canada and I don't know how they do it, man, like Vancouver. I don't think it's Vancouver, actually, um, Toronto and uh, a few other joints, Calgary. You look at it and shit <laughs> and you're just like, yo, minus 30, fuck that. At my work, there's a freezer and there's dudes that work in there. It's minus 27 degrees. The minute that you drive in there, we got these little fork fucking pallet movers. Fuck knows. It's an electric fucking, it's a little electric uh, vehicle, you know, that uh, goes about 12 k's an hour. And you hoon around this big as fuck warehouse on it. But yeah, you drive in the freezer, man, and that cold air just smashes you and you're just like, damn. But it's funny, the guys that work in there, they like working in there. You know, they're like, man, I love it. It's quiet in there. Like, you know, when there's not as much traffic in there because no one goes down into that part, you know. Plus, it's next to the fish room, which fucking stinks like shit when the door's up. So you just you try and stay away from all that shit, you know what I'm saying? Only reason I go down there is because the fucking chocolate room's on the way and shit. <laughs> anyway, I hope you guys are doing well. Like I said, trying to get motivated. You know, I really miss this medium and shit. I really miss podcasts. I miss uh, spitting and, and talking and, and trying to get things out. And I don't know, connecting with you guys through this. And uh, I know that I had Dill Thomas on not long ago. I actually felt really bad on that one as well because I was so busy at work. And this is... It's hard to fucking juggle everything sometimes. It's like up until Easter and a little bit after Easter and shit, it was just go, go, go at work and you're trying to fucking pump out an episode on YouTube every week and you're not paying enough attention to that. And then I get this real, um, I get this real like longing and shit, you know, I want to do podcasts more because this is the medium that I enjoy the most. I enjoy fucking talking shit on the MI just for a minute and connecting with a couple of people. And, um, it's just time, you know, there's not enough time in the fucking day. And when there is time, like I said before, it is hard to get motivated and shit. So yeah, the Dill Thomas shit, man, uh, like I said, I felt bad just because I was a little bit underprepared, you know. I didn't really study everything that I was supposed to study that week. And it was funny because I knew he was coming in on Friday. 
And on Monday, I'm like, I've got to get through this shit. I've got to, you know, at least look into some things. And I do like a 10, 12-hour day or something. And then Tuesday rolls around and it's the same fucking thing. And then it's Wednesday, which is... Wednesday's kind of like a bit more of a quieter day, but I still worked OT. And then Thursday, Friday, that Friday when we did the interview, man, I think I was up at three in the morning. And then by the time he rocked up at six in the arbor when we had that conversation, I was totally unprepared. It's actually the first time in an interview that I kind of felt like, yeah, I just wasn't, I wasn't on top of my game. I really wasn't, I didn't know what the fuck I was, <laughs> you know, like there was a lot of shit that I didn't ask him. We didn't talk about the Milwaukee Bank shit and I wasn't as schooled on some of the drops that he did, like, because um, there was a time period in my life where I just wasn't paying attention to anything, you know, between like 2008, nine really, to 2013, I just had a lot of personal issues. I was going through some shit in my own life and I just wasn't paying attention to fucking anything. Hip-hop was kind of stale as well, man, for me, not talking about anyone in particular, but I don't know. It was kind of like the late 90s, the American shit was kind of like peeding out, you know, and then the Aussie stuff came in with the UK shit and that kind of carried me through 2005 2006 7 but then even that started to peter out you know things just were getting stale and on all fronts everything was just with myspace everything started getting oversaturated and everybody was like online pushing their shit and things were heading in a direction which were not really favorable for me because the quality control all of a sudden then just started slipping you know when you don't have people to monitor the good shit all of a sudden things just get flooded and that whole myspace shit it was just like yeah listen to my shit listen to my shit and it was just there was just so much whack shit going around back in the days man like it's so funny because i, I never got into production but what fucks me up is that they put their foot forward, but they don't put their best foot forward. It's like if you're going to be into something, at least try and do it at the best level that you can do it at. And I know that there's a learning curve with everything that you do. I don't claim to be some fucking God's gift podcaster or some fucking crazy YouTuber, man. I kind of know that my shit could be better as well when... Um, but there was just so much shit back in the days. It's like people were just trying to roll the dice. They were like, let me just put this whack shit out and see how it goes. And yeah, so many people were fucking doing it. It's like, where's the quality control? Where's your, where's the learning? And that's the other thing. And I think that's where my problem came in back in the days with all the shit that was going on. It's just like people weren't learning. Like they weren't learning about the history of shit. They weren't learning about better techniques on how to make their shit better. Like, you know, every day that I do something in my studio, I'm always trying to learn. Like I sat down with some fucking brand new microphones the other day for three hours. Didn't create anything, didn't post anything didn't do anything but i learned how they worked inside out so when the time comes that i can attach it to the camera i can attach one on my subject i know how to record without putting them on my camera now i know how they work i know which buttons to press this that whatever it's like you gotta know your shit and it's not always just what's on the surface so 
Yeah, I just feel like people were, I don't know, they were fucking tourists in the game. There was a lot of them. People came and went and hip-hop was appealing then and it was whatever the fuck. But, you know, now they're nowhere to be seen. They're not into hip-hop. They're not into shit anymore, you know what I'm saying? So, fuck, man, that was a, that was a big rant in a fucked-up circle. But um, the Dill Thomas shit, man, yeah, I just wasn't paying attention to a lot of stuff that was going on back then and of course i'm not talking about his shit because um i'm just not that familiar with it like i was saying i just uh, i was really underprepared and i fucking you know i think i've apologized to him a couple of times where i was just like man we got to get you in for a part two and he's a fucking champ man he's just like yo man anytime drews and that will bring me to the next thing where i want to start season two of this um podcast you know we're approaching 45 episodes that was always going to be the magic number for the first season you know i love 45 singles it's it's record related and at 45 i think i'm going to cap season one and we're going to start season two so uh i was talking to dill about you know he does graphic design and i was just talking to him about some concepts and maybe he can come up with something to help me out with some graphic design work but also i wanted to do i wanted an instrumental for the beginning of my show because at the minute i'm using epidemic sound like (laughs) you know what i mean like i'm using fucking who knows who made this beat man and you go on youtube there's a lot of people using this exact same beat for b-roll and all kinds of shit so i wouldn't mind having something a little bit more unique I think this is going to be episode 41 and then there's going to be four more episodes and then there's, you know, the podcast is going to have a new look and it's going to have a new um, intro, a new sound and word to deal, man, because um, I think he's going to do a good job on all that shit, man, for sure, because I love his shit, man. I've I'm, I'm really become a huge fan of his in the last month or whatever since we did the podcast and... um been peeping a lot of his shit man that 100 yen album is fucking insane and the 1200 joint like it's fucking dope and there's just so much um brilliance man in a lot of the shit that happens in australia and word to saying surly like dill played me some of the stuff that was on 100 yen part two so word to saying surly as well man because that dude's production fuck me there was one track and it had like congos like uh bongo what the, what the fuck is it called bongos um but it's that real fast tapping man he put that in one of the backgrounds of the tracks man shit sounded fucking insane so hopefully we can get him in as well saint surly in as well one day i was listening to a 45 today by dj bacon that was dope as well and one of the tracks is actually on one of his older joints which i still have to this day but it's dope to have it on 45 and then the flip side was something new which was fucking fire and yeah just the shit coming out of this country still music wise i think a lot of people around the world have no fucking idea what happens down here but there's just so much quality which is good to see uh yeah so the next thing what else is going on in the drizlecki's life Personally, I've just been in a little bit of a rut. Like, I know I touched on it just before with the fucking winter shit coming in. And I don't know, man. It's difficult sometimes navigating social media and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. And I try for views and things like that not to get to me. But, like, I post one episode and it'll get, like, 3,000 views in a week. And 
then I post another episode and it gets like 200 views and it's hard to kind of, and I'm getting better at it. It's kind of like when you get those episodes that blow up, you have to really be humble and just be like, all right, that worked well and, and be thankful for it. But then when an episode tanks as well, you got to move exactly the same way. So I think it just like, it hardens you a little bit and your position and the way that you look at things, you, you don't get as excited when things are working because you know like the valleys and the and the peaks and all that kind of shit go hand in hand. So yeah, I mean just managing your expectations and just not trying too hard. Like I guess it's, you know, it's hard sometimes, man. You put your heart and soul into something and it doesn't work and like I said, it's winter and you're working at fucking a day job that you struggle with sometimes, man. It's the same at my day job. Sometimes during Christmas and Easter, I'm I'm just happy to be there. I know that I'm going to be there 60 hours a week and I'm going to make mad cheddar and I'm getting along with the boys and we're talking and we're laughing and we're helping each other out and we're having a good time and then there's other times where I go into work and I just don't want to fucking be there. I don't want to participate. You know, the other day I actually left and I went home because I just wasn't feeling well. I just couldn't be in that building anymore, man. It's just like every fucking day that you wake up, like you're just in the same fucking bubble. You're in the same matrix and it's just... It literally makes me sick and I know that there's people out there that will just be looking from the outside in and going, man, nice studio and and you're working and it seems like you got your shit together. But man, it's like the struggle's real and doesn't matter what you're doing. What's that saying? Like the person that's smiling the most, that's the person that you got to hit up because like behind closed doors, you never know what the fuck's going on. I'm okay, you know, it's like, you know, man, I don't need no pity party and shit. I kind of feel like I'm strong as well like that, but, you know, I'm human. So don't don't ever fucking look at someone on the other side of a screen and just be like, yo, man, they're winning and look how good everything looks and shit because I guarantee you, man, that person will be having their ups and downs just like you'd be having your ups and downs. So don't fucking trip and shit. Yeah, I've just been... Uh, Listening to a couple of old school albums, you guys know that I'm a West Coast head and I just wanted to recommend a couple of things to you guys. That's pretty much the reason why I turned the Roadcaster on today. I wanted to recommend a couple of albums for you guys and maybe you'd be into them and shit, especially if you're into West Coast music. Um, the first album is The Dove Shack and <laughs> man, this album's funny as fuck. It's got a couple of skits on there that are just so inappropriate for 2020, but back then I guess you could get away with fucking recording and saying some of this shit. I'm sure everybody's familiar with a Dove Shack. I actually saw somebody had it on vinyl on Instagram the other day and I was mega jealous. I was just like, God damn, I hit him up and he was just like, man, I bought it for like 30 bucks on eBay or some shit. And I'm like, what, motherfucker? I'm really motherfucking happy for you. No, not really. But, uh... <laughs> The 8-Ball Album. So if you guys were ever into On the Top of the World by 8-Ball and MJG, this other album on iTunes, which is just 8-Ball, it's called Lost. It came out in 1998 and it is a double album and I've been fucking playing the absolute shit out of this. It's got features like E-40, Rappin' Forte, Spice One, Red Man, uh, Master P... 
who else is on this? Buster Rhymes, Goody Mob, MJG, of course, Psychodrama. And um, it's a double album, man, and it's fantastic. So, yeah, uh, Eight Ball Lost, highly recommended. There are a lot of tracks on there that I skip. I'm not really a massive fan of a lot of the tracks, but because it's a double album and it's got something like, it's got 26 tracks on it. So even when you take away the six to eight whack tracks out of that 26 fucking tracks, you still got a real banger of an album. So peep that shit. The other joint as well uh, is the gang-related fucking soundtrack that was a movie with Tupac. And what's the other guy in that shit? Um, Puck and... Fuck, it doesn't say it on the cover. Is that Jim Belushi? No, nah, it's not, man. There's no way it could be Jim Belushi. I'm going to have to fucking Google it. Fuck you, you fucking... When they put on the cover, man. I can't even remember the movie. It was so fucking long ago and shit, right? 6.5 out of 10. 53% Rotten Tomatoes. Shit was whack as fuck. Yeah, Jim Belushi, man. Straight up. Dennis Quaid. James L. Jones. God damn, he's got a fucking Damon Paymer. Gary Cole. God damn, star-studded fucking lineup, man. Cool my D's in there and shit. Anyway, um, gang-related. It's got a lot of really dope fucking tracks on there. Same kind of thing. Like, a lot of these albums that I'm mentioning, they actually have, for the most part, they're extremely dope. They're like 80, 70 to 80% dope. And then they've got those, like, two or three tracks that literally just, they just fuck up the album, like... You just got to yank that shit out somehow, you know. They should have the feature on iTunes, and I don't know if they do have this or not, but you should be able to get an album and then, oh, you actually can do that. So you can go through an album and you can remove the tracks that you don't like, which is, fuck, I didn't even know you could do that. I'm actually going to start doing that shit. You can create the perfect album. So the next album we're going to talk about is the Public Enemies Daz Dillinger album. Daz was always a really fucking... He wasn't like the top tier of MC, but the guy could rap, right? And him and Corrupt together were always paired well and, and bounced off each other well as well. So uh, Public Enemies, the cover is so fucking corny, man. It looks like something corrupted with the old school car and the Tommy gun and the gangster shit. Came out in 2009, so I know a lot of you be rolling your eyes, but it's got 12 tracks and this is the same kind of thing. It's got like two or three tracks which are just whack and then it's got the other nine to ten tracks which are dope. I think one of the tracks isn't even mastered. Like the track would have been dope if it was just mastered. So I don't know why the fuck they put it on the album. <laughs> like you can fully tell it's off. Everything's off. All the levels are off. So yeah, don't be fooled by the cover, man. I actually really dug this album. It's about, yeah, like I said, about nine tracks that are fire. Um the other album, Richie Rich, that's a like seasoned veteran. I never really listened to that back in the days because his voice is very monotonous. It's kind of like it's the same shit, you know. It's kind of like a gangsters, you know, guru from Gangstar. Like I never really played Gangstar albums from start to end and shit because Guru's voice used to fucking do my head in. But 
Guru was like one of those artists that, you know, you could have on a mixtape or you could have like one or two tracks in the mixtape or something like that. And it was the same with Primo's beats, you know. Primo's beats could get very fucking repetitive, especially later on in his career. Like at the beginning, you'd hear a Primo beat and you go like, oh, yeah, I can, I know that that's a Primo beat and, and you'd kind of dig it. But yeah, towards the end, I was just like, fuck me. Like he really just hasn't elevated that much. Which I hate saying because we're talking about Primo here, man. And I've got so much respect for everything that he's done. But, you know, the truth is the truth and shit. So, um, so yeah, the Richie Rich shit, um, you know, you can take a track or two here and there. But there's a lot of whack tracks on there as well. But it has a dope, like, there were a few tracks that have that real dope West Coast sound. And you chuck that shit on a mixtape and a playlist. You grab a track here and there and you throw them in. The next album is Selly Sell, Heat for Your Ass. You know, I got some heat for your ass. Another dope fucking album, another West Coast joint, Jive Records and shit. Shit came out in 1994. 12 tracks, same shit, couple of tracks that I'd skip, but for the most part, everything is real fire. The Bums album, Jake Biz was talking about this on Beers, Beats and the Biz and he was saying that Heater introduced this album to him. I have seen this album around like a lot of these albums, like the Richie Rich album, shit's been around forever, like it's got that real fucking famous cover because he's holding on to bars in some gloves and like if you see the covers of half of these joints, you're like, yeah, I've seen that shit around but... So yeah, the Bums Brothers Under Madness Life and Time album came out in 1999 and um, I haven't really peeped it yet, but I'm going to get to that shit and check it out for myself. We'll wrap it up. I know that I'm just fucking yammering and half of you don't really give a fuck and you're probably not going to look into this shit, but yo, um, you should look into this shit. Now that I've figured out that you can delete tracks in albums, that's what I'll be doing. I'll be making my perfect album out of these albums. And then the last one that I'm going to talk about, this is the one that I'm most probably most embarrassed about, not peeping and shit. And man, I really, really am embarrassed about not knowing about this one. And it is The Loonies, Operation Stankola. This album is fucking insane. I knew tracks back in the days like 5150 and of course the I Got Five on it and um, the I Got Five on it remixes and shit like that. What's that other track? Broke Hose. That one there, I knew about that. Somebody quoted that, but I can't remember. You got to have a J-O-B if you want to get with me. <laughs> you know, that classic fucking shit. You can't be broke no more. You got to have a J-O-B if you want to fuck with me, you know. Yeah, I really am embarrassed about this one. I think I got caught up in the whole I got five on it shit. Of course, it's a classic track. Like the remix is insane as well. Uh, the, the remix with Drew Down, E-40, Richie Rich, Shock G and Spiggity Spice 1. Um, yeah, there's probably a lot more remixes and shit on that joint. But yeah, like I said, man, it's like crews have a massive number one hit, just like House of Pain or something like that. And all their other work just gets completely looked over. And there's a lot of crews like that that had these huge fucking hits. Naughty by Nature, not for me because I fucking, I was into all their albums back in the days. But you know what I'm saying? Like there's crews that just had that one big fucking smash and you kind of slept on all their other shit. 
But on this album here, man, came out in 1995. Out of all the shit that I've talked about just before, this album is probably my favorite one start to end, man. I fucking really love some of the beats. I really love some of the raps on here. The dudes can both rap. They both work off of each other well one of them is like a really good rapper so i don't really even know who the fuck it is but i just downloaded another one of their albums lunatic music 1997 and i haven't played that yet but i'm sure it's gonna be dope so there's some west coast fucking classics for you i hope that you guys check a few of those out if you have spotify and itunes man like write a little list down and shit man look up a couple of these joints and hit me up tell me what you think behind the scenes is there albums that i should be looking out for i'm kind of like going back to that time where i might have overlooked a couple of things and shit and there's you know a lot of people on instagram that post these fucking albums that were whack back then and they're still whack today they're just like oh man check this album out and they're posting about it and it's like Yo, man, that shit was whack back then. Like, it's not like 20 years later it got better. It probably just sounds fucking worse today. So it's, it's funny, man. Like, I swear, like, some people, they just don't know. And it's okay, you know. I'm just saying, like, some shit that was whack, leave that shit in the past, man. But I guess there's dope shit even in the whack shit. So <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Anyway, I hope that you guys are doing well out there. Like I said, man, I just really love this medium and I really do appreciate the people that always hit up my podcast. Expect a little bit of a different look to the podcast in, what, another four episodes or so. Dill Thomas uh, hopefully comes through for your boy and we can do a nice little introduction and shit and maybe an outro or whatever the fuck. And um, I think season two should be better. I definitely want to be doing a lot more interviews. I want to hit up a few more people. I've got a few people on my radar and shit. And hopefully they come through. And yo, if you want to be on the motherfucking Drizzlax Hip Hop Show, come through, man. I live in fucking Melbourne near Chapel Street. And if you're in fucking Melbourne, hit me up. I'll come pick you up and we can chat and we can talk about your releases and things like that. And leaving it there fucking love all you motherfuckers it's been your boy big drizzlax beat a bitch quick with my big dick shit cataclysmic rhythms all that sit back sat back with a six-pack while i kick rap all that shit i'm out motherfuckers peace do it starting a shitty hip-hop group calling that shit public enema <laughs> ah